You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2023 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood forth. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God is good. And all the time. Psalm 100 verse 5, For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I'm very grateful to God for this special honor, the third consecutive night to be with you. It's my final night, and I thank him for the joy he has afforded me in fellowshipping with you this way, and of course, the higher joy of speaking for God. And my desire tonight is to speak for God again by simply giving you, thus saith the Lord. Is that okay? Let me welcome those of you online, wherever you are. I hesitate to call any particular country because I'll surely get into trouble. So let me just say, if you are south or north of the equator, east or west of the international deadline, thank you very much for joining us and may the Lord touch you as personally and intimately as I'm sure he will touch us in this building. How was your day? Great or very great? Yes. Any day with God is a good day, even if you're in a prison. Is this microphone working? <laughs> Any day with God is a good day, even if you are in prison. It is not where you are, it is with whom you are. And to be with God, whether on the mountaintop or in a dungeon, is a tremendous honor. And so because you and I were with God today, we had a very good day. Can you say amen? How many of you love God? Can I see your hand? You love God. Yes, I love God. Let me put up two hands. I love God a lot. I also like him. I like him a lot. Where are my non-Seventh-day Adventist friends? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. My non-Adventist friends. Ah, God bless you. Where are the other hands? Where are the other hands? Where are they? Where are they? Move the hands. Ah, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And for those of you online, you're not Seventh-day Adventist. God bless you. I will offer a prayer now. It's my last night. For all those non-Adventists, who have been coming and coming, whether to the building or online. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Dear God, guests have followed these meetings. They're not Seventh-day Adventists, but they have been drawn by the words that we preach. And the words we preach are simply, thus saith the Lord. Father, with the agreement of this entire congregation, I ask you to bless all our guests online and in this building, Grant their needs in abundance, dear God. If they're sick, heal them. Wrap your arms tightly around their children and protect them. Cancel any curses that may have been placed upon them. Protect them from the enemy, dear God. Make them a blessing wherever they go. 
Bless the children as they study at school. Let them do well. Provide uh, tuition to God. Defend them from the enemies. And above all, save them when you come, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Let all God's people say, Amen and Amen. I love to see guests in the congregation. Our subject for this evening, somebody is lying. What was our subject on Wednesday night? Quickly. Adam and his children. Last night, no prisoners. And tonight, somebody is lying. And don't look at me like that when I said that title. I intend to give you the truth. Let me pray briefly. Father, I like you a lot. You've always known that. You've always been good to me. My life's record regarding you is I have no complaints. Now as I prepare to speak to those whom you love in this building and online, I want to return the favor of your niceness to me by speaking, thus saith the Lord. It's a small return, Father. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Help me. Tell me what to say. When to say it. How to say it, God. Remind me I'm in this desk for your glory, not mine. Beat back the forces of darkness, not only from me, but from everyone listening. One more time, God, bless our guests. Now, Father, take all the glory. Give us the blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go with me to Revelation chapter 3. What book did I say? Revelation chapter 3 is not a book. What's the name of the book? Revelation. Revelation that's right. What chapter? Ah, chapter 3. You've got to concentrate. Revelation chapter 3. Let's read from verse 14. Before we read, let me ask you some general quiz questions. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, what do we have? The seven letters to the seven churches, letters sent by whom? By whom? Jesus Christ. Who was his servant? And the letters were designed for whom? The seven churches. Now, name the seven churches in order, beginning in this side. First church. Second church. Third church. That side needs help. Third church. Come on. Third church. Pergamos. Fourth church. Fifth church. Sixth church. Seventh church. Us. Mm -hmm. Let's go through those churches again because you did not do well. I'm going to give you a C and C does not stand for Adventist. Let's try that again. <laughs> no Adventist wants a C. Are you with me? Let's try it again. Ephesus, come on. Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. All those churches were real churches. They were in Asia Minor, which is now Turkey. There were more than seven. There was a church at Thessalonica. There was Philippi, Colossae. But for some reason, the letters were sent to those seven churches. Perhaps they were closest to John's area. Now, let us look at the message to the seventh and the last of the seven, reading from verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith whom? The Amen, the faithful and true, the beginning of the creation of... I know thy, that thou art neither cold nor, I would that thou art cold or, but because thou art not, thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee, I will spit, says God, because you make me puke. Which means God prefers an honest hypocrite, well there's no such thing, an honest unbeliever, to a hypocritical believer if there's such a thing. Be hot or be cold. Pick a side. That way no one's confused. Are you with me? You're cold, no one's confused. You're hot, no one's confused. When you mix the two, people are confused. 
And God says, I hate that. And I'll spit you out of my mouth. Now, let's go to verse 17. Keep in mind our title. What is it? Somebody is lying. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Who said that? The church. Which church? Which church? Which church? Us. Now smile when you say us. Us. And we behave like that. We are rich. Increase with goods. And have need of nothing. It's a general description. There are always exceptions. Keep reading. And knowest not that thou art what? Wretched, come on. Miserable, come on. Poor, come on. Blind and naked. Now, we have two assessments. Rich, increase with goods, have need of nothing. That's on the left side. On this side, we have wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Because they are so vastly different, somebody is lying. Either the church or God. But the Bible says, I am the way, the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, I'm rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing. So says the church at Laodicea. You're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Compare God's assessment with the church's assessment. Who is lying? The church. But the Bible says, can two walk together? Come on, tell me. Except they be agreed. These two assessments do not agree. Can they agree, yes or no? Yes. They can agree if one or the other does what? Changes his or her, well, his assessment. If God changes his to match theirs, then they agree. If they change theirs to match God, they agree. But since God tells us clearly in Malachi 3 verse 6, I am the Lord, come on, I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He does not change. Then this side has to change. That two might do what? Walk together in agreement. We have in the church of Laodicea a disagreement between God and the church generally. Why do I say generally? There are always exceptions, which the Bible calls what? A, starts with an R, then an E, then an M. How many kilos do you need? A remnant. But let me tell you something. This problem did not begin in Laodicea. Let's look at the very first church of the seven. What's the name of that church? Let's go to Revelation chapter 2. We'll read from verse 1 our subject. Somebody is lying. And this actually is a, a larger version of a sermon I delivered with the same title, but a larger version. That's not to mean I'll keep you very long. It's just a larger version. Revelation chapter 2, we'll read from verse 1. And I read from the King James Version of the Bible. Father in heaven, continue to speak through me for your glory and our blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And unto the church of Ephesus, write, These things saith whom? He that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now read with me. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou art. Canst not bear them which are, and hast tried them which say what? There are apostles, come on, and has 
and are not, but has found them liars. Now, we have a disagreement again. There were those in the church at Ephesus who said we are apostles, but God had a different view. Now, what can we know about Ephesus based on Revelation? This was the church represented by which horse in Revelation 6? The white horse. And what does the Bible say? It went forth conquering and to conquer. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. It had a bow and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This was the church of Paul, the church of Barnabas, the church of Silas, the church of James, the church of Philip, the church of Peter, the church of Mark, the apostolic church run by men and women who had walked with Christ. Represented as a white horse in Revelation 6, 1 and 2. And yet, the Bible says, Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. In the church at Ephesus, represented by the color white, there were those who claimed to be one thing while there was something else. What's our subject? Somebody is lying. What's the second church? Smyrna. What can you tell me about Smyrna? Now, of the seven churches, which two received no rebuke? Smyrna and Philadelphia. No rebuke. But let's listen to what the Bible tells us about Smyrna. Verse 8, Revelation 2. Our subject, someone is lying. And to, and to the church of what? Smyrna, write what? These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them, read with me now, which say they are, come on, and are, but are the synagogue of? Yeah, in that church we have the same problem. They are, they're saying they're Jews, but God's assessment was, you are the synagogue of Satan. Yet it was the church without rebuke. Are you reading what I'm reading? God has not yet had a perfect church. What's the second church without rebuke? Let's go look at Philadelphia. Chapter 3, reading from verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is just, he that is holy, he that hath the key of David, he that does what? Openeth and no man, and shutteth and no man. Yes, I know thy works. Hmm? He, says, he says that to every church, I know your works. So it's useless to present yourself to me as what you're not. Because I know the life you live. He tells that to every church. I know your works. Now some of us try to hide. You cannot hide from God. God says to us in our disguise, I know your works. Let's look at verse 9. What does that say? Behold, I will... Make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are, but do. Here again we have people claiming to be something, and they are not in the church that received no rebuke. What's our subject? Somebody was lying in Ephesus, represented by white. Someone was lying in Smyrna, no rebuke. Someone was lying in Philadelphia, no rebuke. And someone is lying in Laodicea. Rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing, knoweth not, thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. But this did not begin with the church in Ephesus. 
The New Testament church did not begin with Ephesus. It began when Christ called the 12 disciples, Mark 6 and Matthew 10. Let's go to John 6. Somebody's lying. It did not begin with Ephesus, but it must end in Laodicea. What did I say? It did not begin in Ephesus, but it has to end in Laodicea because there are only, how many churches? Seven. There is not an eighth. So something has to happen to us. Listen to the first pastor of the apostolic church. John 6, verse 17. When you found it, say amen. What does that pastor say? Read it for me. And Jesus answered them and said what? Have I not chosen you twelve? Finish the verse. One of you is the devil. But claiming to be. Ah, you're slow tonight. One of you is the devil. But claiming to be a disciple. John 6, 17. My fault, I have sinned. I hope you believe in forgiveness. John 6, verse 70, have I not chosen you 12? John chapter 6, 70, 70, 70. Yes, somebody's lying. <laughs> 70, do you have that now? What does that say? You tell me. Have I not chosen you twelve? One of you is a devil. Now, John chapter 6, verse 17. How do you think Judas viewed himself as a disciple? How did Jesus view him as a devil? How does Laodicea view herself? Rich, come on. Increase with goods, come on. Have need of nothing. How does Jesus view Laodicea? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Somebody is lying. But it goes further than that. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11. You see, the church of God did not begin in the New Testament. The Bible calls the Israelites in the wilderness the church of God. Numbers 11 verse 4 three minutes after eight how many of you have to go to work right after the service all right okay. so you stay exactly where you are okay what book did i say what chapter what verse did you get that this time numbers what what verse not 44 okay. nobody's lying now and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel wept again and said, Who shall give us what? Flesh to me. The mixed multitude frequently caused trouble among the Israelites. Now they were with the Israelites. Someone observing this mass crossing the wilderness would assume they were all Israelites. They were not all Israelites. Some were described as the mixed multitude. But that's not where it began. Let's go to Genesis 3. What's our subject? Mm-hmm. You have Genesis 3, the chapter that follows 2. Okay, you have that. Let's read from verse 1. Let me pray again. Father, the subject is somebody's lying. Possess my mind that I may speak truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, He shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, He shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. So we have what God said, Eve states it. Then she tells her, the devil, the penalty. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, He shall not surely die. 
Now, go to Genesis 2, verse 16 and verse 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayst freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now, God said, Thou shalt surely die. The serpent said, He shall not surely die. Eve had to ask this or answer this question. Who is telling that somebody's lying? And I have to choose. Somebody is lying. And she chose the one who was lying. Let us not look down our noses at Eve. The Bible says, and I read that passage, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Constantine, in March of 321, I believe it is, he said, The first day of the week is a day of rest. Work on Saturday. What's our title? Somebody is lying. Either God or Constantine. Most people, like Eve, follow Constantine. There isn't one verse in this book that declares the first day of the week to be holy. Not one. Yet, most people follow Constantine. Because if God says the first, the seventh day, Constantine says the first, somebody, come on, tell me, is lying. Let's go back to Genesis 3. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Listen to verse 6 again. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. What's a different way to say that in the light of what the devil said or what God said? She, well, no, okay, yes, she disobeyed God, but say it differently. She obeyed the devil. Now, here's what you become when you obey. Listen carefully. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey. Now, based on that, Describe Eve in her apple-eating state. She was a, of, she was a servant of Satan. I said it clumsily, let me say it again. When Eve listened to the devil's word and consumed that fruit, whatever it was, she became a servant of Satan. Let me use another word, an agent of Satan. Ellen White writes in Patriots and Prophets, page 55, paragraph 3, having herself transgressed, she now became an agent of Satan in working the ruin of her husband. In the Garden of Eden, that church made up of two members with Christ as a pastor and teacher, the angels as a choir, the Eden Garden as the cathedral, there was someone who was lying. When she told her husband, eat this, you'll be like God. That's what he told me. She was lying. My brothers and sisters, the only way to detect a lie is to know the truth. Let me take you to a Bible verse that may startle you a little bit. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 
Do you have 2 Corinthians 11? Let's read verse 14. When you found it, say amen. If you don't mind, read it with me. And no marvel, for Satan, what? Himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now look at the wording of the verse. Satan himself is transformed. Transform. What does transformation mean? Change. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Ellen White says? In the time of trouble, Satan will be converted. Mm-hmm. Not the conversion that the Holy Spirit works. Am I clear? It's the, the worldly kind of conversion that produces an outward change of behavior, but the nature remains the same. Ellen White says, Satan is converted. And comes in this angel of light. Now there's light and there's light. One or the other of the lights is lying. John chapter 1 verse 9, This was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. If there's a true light, finish my words, there's a false light. Satan is transformed into an angel of light and the servant of the Lord tells us he will be converted in the time of truth. When he comes and tries to impersonate Christ, he's transformed. He looks, he comes as Jesus. Looking like. Before he sinned, he also looked like Jesus. At your leisure and pleasure, study the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. Then study the stones on Lucifer as described in Ezekiel 28, 13. The high priest had 13. Lucifer had 10 of them. Which means, before he fell, when you looked at Christ and looked at Lucifer, they looked what? Similar. Mm. Ellen White writes, in the faith I live by, page 66, paragraph 2, regarding Lucifer, she says, God made him good and beautiful as near as possible like himself. You would need some very, very strong powers of perception to realize that's not Jesus. That's Lucifer. They looked alike. Well, there's nothing wrong in looking alike. Are we not supposed to look like God? No one said amen. What happened to Genesis 1.26? Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Does that verse still apply? Yes or no? Yes. Let me say it again. Are we supposed to look like God? Yes. What's the subject? Somebody is lying. Let's retrace our historical steps. In the Garden of Eden, somebody was lying. Someone represented Satan, but thankfully she converted, she repented, and they both left wearing coats of skins, not the aprons of leaves. Is that clear? Sister Eve will be in the kingdom. I hope you and I will see her. Now, in the wilderness, we had a mixed multitude exerting an ungodly influence among the 12 disciples we had a devil and Christ was the pastor so those of you who are pastoring churches those of you who are pastoring churches that's it pastor Jesus had a devil in his congregation The seven churches of Revelation, someone was lying in the Ephesian church. Someone was lying in Smyrna. Claiming to be one thing, something else. Someone was lying in Philadelphia. Claiming to be Jews, they were not. And someone is lying. Where? 
in Laodicea. This has to stop. Or Christ cannot come back. Christ's blood, the sacrifice of Christ, the comprehensive atonement of Christ must produce what kind of people? Start with a P, then an E, then an R, then an F. I'm getting tired. Perfect. Where no one is lying. Mm -hmm. You are what you say you are. This must happen. You are familiar with Christ's object lessons, page 69, paragraph 1. What does it say? Somebody just lied. <laughs> Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. Now, the manifestation of himself. You tell me, how many sins were in Christ? None. And so the manifestation of Christ must require what? Perfection. The quotation goes on, when the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. It was not perfectly reproduced in Ephesus, nor Smyrna, nor Pergamos, nor Thyatira, nor Sardis, nor Philadelphia. It is not now perfectly reproduced in Laodicea, but it must and finally bring to an end the ugly statement, somebody is lying. Finally, God must be able to say, look at that church. Nobody is lying. By their words and their lies, they speak the truth. Finally, Satan's mouth will be snapped shut. But as long as the church has well-dressed hypocrites, Satan can point his finger at God. Say, see, I've told you for thousands of years, your law cannot be kept. Let me tell you something. It's a 818. Let me tell you something about God. Go to Psalm 23. The shepherd's side. But you shouldn't have to go there. Don't go there. Say it. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Stop. Now, microscopically, read the next statement. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. <laughs> not yours. Your obedience is for God's sake. Not yours. Now, you and I benefit, yes. Because obedience has one side effect, blessings. But our obedience is first and foremost for God's sake. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Every time you and I try to be faithful to God, God can point to us and say, see that, Satan, you were wrong. Look at his life. Let me generalize it. My life either glorifies God or glorifies Satan. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. What are the paths of righteousness? There are ten of them. Name them. Name them. I said there are ten. Name them. Oh, no. The internet is praying for you. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Come on. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, I'm a jealous God, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandment. Third path of righteousness. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor. Now I ask you, what are the paths of righteousness? The law of God. And he leads us in that path for his name's sake. When we diverge from thy path, it is the devil's sake. Or when we disobey, it benefits Satan. When we obey, God gets the credit. It's not you and me. It's Christ and Satan. Never forget, as Adventists, all our Bible doctrines are studied under the umbrella called what? The great controversy. It's a controversy between and one of them is lying. Satan deceived one-third of the angels. He lied. Listen to Christ in John 8, 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he's a liar and the father of it. He's a lie. He bore false witness. He was a murderer. Commandment 6. He said, I will be like the Most High. Commandment 1. He tried to lead the angels into idol worship by worshiping him. Commandment 2. Honor thy father, thy mother. Christ was his father. Commandment 5. He violated God's law. The Bible says, all thy commandments are truth. Let us so live that the angels can look at us and say, Father, they are living what? The truth. This has to happen in Laodicea. Before Christ comes. It has to happen. And God assists that process. Let me pray before I continue. Father, I'm close to finishing, but don't stop blessing me with light and truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go to John 15 to see how the Father works. John 15, as we talk about this church must be purified. John 15, let's read from verse 1. Our subject, somebody is lying. It's 25 minutes after 8. Choir members, remember, right after the service, there's a rehearsal somewhere, somewhere. Where? Oh, right here. Okay, right here. What book did I say? What chapter? What chapter? Not 50. There are not 50 chapters in... Oh, I'm just trying to get back at you all right on the Sabbath. John 15, reading from verse 1. What does the Bible say? I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Stop. Who's the vine? Who takes care of it? The father. Listen to me carefully. For those of you watching wherever you are who have backslidden, listen to me carefully. We listen to the Bible. 
I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Read with me, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, finish the word, they are harsh. Mm -hmm. He does not take away the vine. What does he take away? The branch. When you leave the church, you're headed in the wrong direction. That's the direction in which God takes away useless branches. Uh, nobody's listening. I'm having a good time talking to myself. When you leave the church, you are headed in the direction of rubbish. Because rubbish is what we throw away. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he purgeth it. He takes it away. That the vine may be more fruitful. The vine may be, well, the branches may be fruitful as they remain attached to the vine. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purchases it, that it may bring forth more fruit. My brothers and sisters, it is God who will do the work of cleansing in this church. Listen to me carefully. God will remove some people from the church. Did he remove Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, yes or no? Yes, with all their families. Did he remove some of those who worship the golden calf? Yes. On the borders of Canaan, when the men went to see how the Moabites worshipped and they brought back the women, did not thousands die? He removed them. And God, when he's had enough, will remove you. For the sake of his own name. Because his name must be vindicated, clarified, or very or, or clear and vindicated through the church. And God must have a vessel that is clean and pure. So that every angel looking at us will say, Father, they are living, come on, the truth. Not one of them is lying. Hey, the problem in this world is not politics. The problem in this world is not sociology. The gospel is simple. The problem in this world is the transgression of the law of God. The solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The penalty for transgression, eternal death. The reward for walking with God, eternal life. Case closed. Now, Look at your life for the past six months. I said, look at your life, not look at me. Look at your life for the past six months. Now, here's my question. Is it tending this way or that way? Don't answer me. Based on our choices, our decisions, our expenditures, our associations, our use of time, is it tending this way or this way, you decide. But remember, Laodicea had one assessment, God had another. If it's tending this way, God may have brought you tonight so that from this point on, the tendency may reverse to this. Can you say amen? Because if this goes on too long, it almost becomes irreversible. We call that going too far. Somebody is lying. Somebody listening to me needs to be rebaptized. Evangelism, page 375, paragraph 2. When a soul is truly reconverted, let that soul be rebaptized. There's someone listening to me who is headed to hell with a vegetarian diet. 
and a fully covered body, not mixing different kinds of cloths, drinking distilled water, living in the country, because that person will not forgive someone who has hurt them. And the Bible is clear, if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven, and no unforgiven person can enter God's kingdom. There's someone nicely dressed, blood pressure numbers perfect, body fat index ideal, who is on the way to becoming firewood for hell. Because that person will not forgive someone who has offended them 25 years ago. That person is lying. Tonight, we want to be the kernel, the seed that brings about a change in Laodicea so that God can say, He can look at us and say, Yes, you are truly rich in Christian goods because you have me. You will never come to the place where you and I have need of nothing. We always need God. Let us make a decision by the grace of God to so live that God can look down and say, finally, they're not lying. They are rich. They have me. Increased with goods, the gift of the Spirit. And they have need only of Christ and Christ alone. How many will say with me, Father, help me by my life to allow angels to say, Father, that man that woman is living the truth. Can I see your hand? Help me. Stand up with me. There are many errors that have crept into the church. The latest one, I've been seeing it a few times, popped up people writing me, it, it is no longer necessary to return a tithe. If that's coming into the church. Mm. Someone wrote me, what happens when people die? I wrote back, are you an Adventist? The person said yes. So I had to restrain myself. There are errors that are coming in and have entered the church and taken people out. A young man wrote me yesterday on Twitter. I'm brokenhearted. There are people leaving the church because the church is Babylon, the church is this, the church is that, the church is that. And they're leaving. Listen to me carefully. Anyone thinking in that direction? God has never had two special people. He has always had one. If you leave, that's you and your group, and here's the Adventist church. Which one is God's church? He has never had two. Never leave this church. Now you may switch from one church in Lansing to one in Detroit, but never leave this church. How many will say, Father, by your grace, keep me faithful to your church. Can I see your hand? Ah, God bless you. Those of you online, God bless you, hands down. Keep me faithful. We must hang on with Jesus so that we can move from the church militant to the church what? Triumphant. How many of you want to be a part of the church triumphant? Let me see your hand again. Ah, keep your hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, who triumphs in human condition. We want to be a part of that group that goes through the final trouble. If you put us to sleep, we want to go to sleep blessed. Blessed are the dead. If you keep us alive, we want to go through the time of trouble, willing to serve you even unto death. Please, God, remove from us the charge that somebody is lying. The church just needs one to cause trouble, as in the case of Achan. Father, where heads are bowed, eyes are closed, your people may lower their hands now. Father, I believe someone listening to me needs to be rebaptized. And I'm talking to that person. You may put your hands down. If there's someone listening, the Spirit has been moving upon you, not just tonight, but before this, you felt the need to be rebaptized, to start all over with God. 
If that applies to you, can I see your hand? You need to start, I mean, okay, hands down, hands down, always listen. You need to start all over through rebaptism. And you know in your heart you haven't lived right with God. You raise your hand. Come, come, come quickly, come, come. Don't be afraid. Come, come, come right here, come right here. I need to start with God again. I need to be rebaptized. In Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul met 12 disciples, the Bible says, and they were rebaptized. I need to be rebaptized. Come, come. Now, if you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized for the first time. Come. Come. Join the group that wants to say, Father, we want to live a life that will allow heaven to say they are living the truth. Come. Come. Anybody else? I need to be rebaptized or I need to be baptized. Come. If you're afraid, ask the person next to you to walk with you. I give you 60 seconds and I pray and I mean that. I need to be baptized again. I really need to start all over with God. And by His grace, and by abiding in Him, get it right. 45 seconds. Someone else come. You've been thinking about it. Act on it now. Come. 40 seconds. Come. Ah, God bless you. Come. I need to be rebaptized or baptized for the first time. If someone have a piece of paper and a pen, I want the names. Someone write these names, please. I want the names. We'll give the names to the authorities, but I want a copy so I can pray for you every day. Somebody else, 30 seconds, God bless you, 30 seconds, come. God wants the young people, the devil wants them. Who gets you is your choice. Choose God, come. I need to be baptized. 30 seconds. I need to start all over. I need to be rebaptized. I need to be baptized for the first time, come. 25 seconds. Get those names, please. When I say I'll pray for you, I'll do it. My prayers aren't powerful, but I'll still pray. 15 seconds. I need to be rebaptized. Start all over with God. Hey, you and I do not have a receipt guaranteeing tomorrow. We just have now. 10 seconds. I really need to be rebaptized. Start all over. Anybody else? Five seconds. We must get these names. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Dear God, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your available grace to assist all those who are willing to work with you. All you ask for is that we abide and abide and abide. All you ask for is that we let our light shine, which means get out of the way and let Jesus shine out. Father, sons and daughters of yours have come to say we want to be rebaptized or baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, who conquered death, hell, sin, the grave, and Satan, grant them a measure of your spirit right where they stand. To sustain them, dear God, in this decision that no power on earth will change their minds because no power in heaven will try to change their minds. Let the decision inspire someone else to make a decision to be rebaptized. And for those online whom you love and for whom you died, let someone online make a similar decision, dear God, right now. And inform the nearest church. Thank you for your patience, dear God. How you take all the stuff we do, I do not understand. But thanks for your patience, for being long-suffering. But remind us, you also have something called the end of probation. Let that sober us up and make us serious. Let the words we heard tonight remain in our hearts, dear God. And one more time, Father, I say, let our lives lead angels in heaven to say, Father, that person is living the truth. When you come, save us, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. 
To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio2023 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.